This is Stream It or Leave It. I like it a lot. Looking for something to watch? You have my undivided attention. We break down the best of streaming TV. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So you can stop scrolling and press play. We talk, we hook up, I smoke them up, we watch TV. It's great. Tune in each week for our take. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now, action. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. And don't call me Shirley. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stream It or Leave It. Hello, I am Hart Aras to the billion-dollar Taiking Life Insurance Group based out of China. Saik, wow. I'm Shindy Chen, host of Stream It or Leave It. <laughs> and with me are my co-hosts, Jeff Coons. Or maybe not. Ooh. And Mr. Matt Sanchez. I was ready to get out my checkbook and start signing checks for you to help you out of your financial <laughs> troubles because you sound like a solid source for future income. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so believable, which hopefully gives you guys a hint for what we're talking about today. It's the super popular documentary on Netflix. It's The Tinder Swindler. I was super excited to watch this. But first, what have you guys been watching this week? I got a couple of things in. I finally got around to watching Landscapers on HBO Max. It has, you know, Olivia Coleman and David Thewlis, who is also exceptional, particularly of late, has been just super watchable. And it's really good. It bears a relation to what we're talking about today. It's a true crime. Uh, people trying to con the system. They play this really odd kind of British couple who hand themselves in after hiding for 15 years and kind of confess to playing a part in the death of her parents and burying them in the back out of her house. And then we just kind of watch the, their story unravel. And it's, uh, it's done in a really interesting kind of artsy way. And there's some really great supporting characters as well. I would recommend it. And uh, other than that, I watched The Lost Daughter uh, mm. on Netflix, which I think uh, a lot of people have watched by now. I can see what they're doing there. But for me, it was just a little bit boring. I came in prepared for something that would be, you know, about motherhood and a little bit psychological and a little bit slow. And, but in the end, it was just, I just found it boring. I was also, like you, very curious to watch it because obviously it's Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut and I love Olivia Coleman. It was interesting. And also for Succession fans out there, I don't know if you recognized her, but the sister in the movie is uh, Carolina on Succession. I didn't recognize her at first, but she's an excellent actress, actually. I liked Lost Daughter, and there was a okay. whole hubbub about how it was like the atypical story of motherhood and how not every woman is supposed to be motherly. And I thought it was a good examination of that. And I think Jesse Buckley, who plays young Olivia Coleman, totally deserving of her Oscar nom. She's getting a lot of plaudits. Uh, I, mm. I have a funny thing with Jesse Buckley because, and I just remember the movie I mentioned recently is I'm Thinking of Ending Things on Netflix a couple of years ago, which starred David Thewlis from Landscapers and Jesse Buckley. And she was great in that. It was a great movie. But uh, ever since I saw her on uh, season four of Fargo, she plays a really annoying character. I struggle with her. I had to stop watching, but mostly because of her character. So Yikes. She mm. was good in The Lost Daughter, though, to be fair. And I get I it. Like it shows it shows something unusual, and that was great, but it just didn't personally didn't work for me. And other than that, I watched Nightmare Alley on um, HBO Max as well, which has gotten a few nominations. It's a faultlessly noir kind of movie. It's about a con man, so again, it fits into what we're doing today. And it has a really 
clever ending. So, you know, if, if you're a genre fan, you should watch it. It didn't blow me away, but it looks stunning. It's, it just really looks apart, maybe to a fault. So, yeah, that, those are the main things I've been watching. Guillermo del Toro, right? All those things that you mentioned is yeah. like just truly kind of his whole style. I'll, I'll probably try to check that out. Jeff, what have you been watching? Well, I finally got to watch the Summer of Soul documentary on Hulu, nice. which I loved. And of course, it was beautifully done. Gave me some kind of interesting, controversial ideas that hadn't occurred to me. Like, you know, was the government actually using this concert to sort of like quell the unrest of uh, 1968 or what year? Was it Was it 68? Nine. Nine. Nine was sort of an intriguing idea around that all, all the performances and and people re-watching them now like Marilyn McCoo and just like tearing up and it was it was kind of cool it was very well done super well done old stuff but new to Netflix I watched St. Vincent which I'd never seen before with Bill Murray Melissa McCarthy and Naomi Watts I thought mm. that was pretty funny new mom and son move into a neighborhood and they have this cranky neighbor bill murray but as his character unfolds you find out some really interesting and beautiful things about him and then another really off the wall movie hunt for the wilder people with sam neill and julia dennison which was in 2016 it's a new zealand film it's so funny like (laughs) it's just it's sort of a cracks me up I haven't heard of it, but it sounds it's so good. Taika very Watiti, interesting. Right. Directed by yeah. Taika, who is like now it. pretty big. Yeah. yeah. So funny, really touching, uh, definitely worth checking out. Ricky Where is Baker that? Just cracks me up. By the way, <laughs> the kid. that's on Netflix. Yeah, I know. The, the Ricky Baker song is great, too. <laughs> the I'm birthday totally song. checking that out. That sounds awesome. For me, I finally caught Last Night in Soho, which is directed and written by Ooh. Edgar Wright. So if, you know, Edgar Wright fans, he did Baby Driver, Shaun of the Dead. What else did he do? He did Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So if you guys are into his work, Last Night in Soho is on VOD for rental. Very interesting. Not what I expected at all. It's almost borderline horror. Uh, yes, and not not comedic at all. So pretty intense. But Anya Taylor Joy is incredible in that film. And speaking of Taika Waititi, the girl from Jojo Rabbit, the girl who was hiding in the closet, she's also yep. in Last Night in Soho. I can't recall yep. her name right now, but she's very good as one, as the main actress in that film. Hmm. And then continuing Gilded Age, which is Julian Fellows period drama, takes place in the industrial, you know, during the whole Vanderbilt era. I'm plotting my way through it. It's it's good. You know, it's slowly getting to be very Downton Abbey-ish where they're introducing the twists and the turns and the drama that's like <laughs> fake drama because it only impacts like very wealthy people. <laughs> so it's like... And if they would there. just have a conversation, it would be over. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's, it's fun. It's getting there. And, you know, what I really do love about it is seeing the scenes of old New York because the characters live on the corner of... Fifth Avenue as it borders Central Park. So the scenery and the cinematography is quite cool because it's this version of New York that is, you know, you only see fictionalized or, you know, portrayed if you look in history books. So that's a lot of fun. And then I also caught The Puppet Master. Uh, I need to watch that one. I love that story. It's such it's, a crazy story. It's the one yes. that I always refer to whenever people tell me about Conman. I always tell people mm-hmm. this is how deep it can go. 
So Puppet Master, and then I caught a few episodes of Inventing Anna, which I think is a great intro to Tinder Swindler, which is our show feature for this week. So guys, first impressions on Tinder Swindler, because I don't know if if I was the one who, who brought this one up to you guys. Didn't <laughs> appeal to me at first, but then I saw it sort of circulating the blogs. And so Jeff, what was your first impression when you were watching Tinder Swindler? I wouldn't have picked it either to watch on my own. I, I didn't have it on my list. Jill started watching it and I overheard it in the background one day. So I I went back and we wa- we rewatched it. And like, it's so interesting to me that after all of the true crime docs and the shows and the news reports that people still think they can get away with hurting others in the long run, it just sort of makes your jaw drop what people do to other people. It, it's strange. <laughs> well, this is like a super popular, for some reason, genre these days, right? The Yeah, the true and crime. I wonder if it's a convergence between the popularity of Tinder as well as the popularity of true crime. It's an, it's a slam dunk for, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a no-brainer right now. It's a great story. There's this massive trend of ripped from the headlines. You bring in Tinder. I mean, Tinder's a little passe now, but it's still kind of a buzzword. So yeah. you make something like this, you know people are going to get talking about it. I heard about it when, when Shindy mentioned it. I started noticing it popping up on Twitter and on news stories. My eye was rolling. I just thought, oh, no, no, not another docu-crap on Netflix. Uh, but, you know, and then you start watching it and the first girl that's on it is so earnest. And, it, and then the first part of it take, goes on for quite a bit. And you think, okay, this is just going to be a, a sad, silly, you know, naive girl being conned. But then it does deliver some really interesting twists and turns Mm -hmm. and it just builds up in a in a really interesting way so i came into it curious but with trepidation uh, it it was worth the watch i think yeah i love how how much time they spent with the individuals that were conned and how much screen time they had to actually explain their story and i thought that that was really uh refreshing in in a way because a lot of times it's just some on tv shows like 48 hours or something like that it's all just a talking head and maybe you get little quick cuts of people being interviewed but this i like how they spent so much time with the women one of the most amazing things to me is that they didn't turn into a docuseries because mm-hmm. you know if you listen to the podcast that netflix did with the makers of the show you see just how much more you know how, how many more interviews they did how much more information there was to pass i'm guessing some of it came after the release of the show that people just stepped up and say hey how, what about this what about that and they could have easily done a series and i just i cannot believe that netflix didn't do a series out of it for once i was thinking you know, I want to see another episode with the extra stuff, but doing it in the podcast was actually a really interesting way of, of putting that information somewhere else. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was to our documentary, just the title alone. And the preview didn't really do it justice. I went into it with a little trepidation as well. But then, as you both mentioned, I think within 15 minutes, uh, it was the opening victim, the fact that she was so earnest. And there's a lot of things that are happening in this genre now I mentioned Puppet Master which is about the guy who pretended to be the MI5 agent he was also like a psychopath right he emotionally manipulated women and then there's also Inventing Anna now which is very popular it's like the second most popular show on Netflix uh, for the past couple of weeks and so there is this genre of like con men con women this whole fake it till you make it 
kind of refrain. So does it feel like a fad? Is it a public service to people just trying to encourage people to be smarter? What are your thoughts on this? I think there's always this human fascination with, with darkness. These stories are always going to be fascinating. But at the same time, I think it's a, it's a product of the, the streaming era, the streaming wars. This content is, is relatively cheap to make, generates a lot of buzz, becomes popular. And so it's good value for money for, for the production companies and for the streaming uh, channels. But I do think it's getting a little bit out of hand. There's just, but then the streaming situations are a little, a little crazy right now, right? The amount of content is crazy. But you know, we're living in an era where you get to watch whatever you want. So yeah, maybe there's too many of these out there. But then if you don't like those, there's a ton of other stuff to watch as well. But I do think that when it does expose people, then it's doing a service. Then the more, the better. You know, I don't think they could have expected a better result than the kind of popularity that Tinder Swindler has had. That's just the best way to to cancel out a con man. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of value in the way that they presented this story in terms of educating people about what this thing looks like. And not every documentary or docudrama based on people doing scams and running scams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's endless so, I mean, supply ripped. of creative creative uh, con men and and women who are doing all yeah. sorts of whatever they can get away with. Aside um, from the yeah. voyeurism and that I think there is an educate uh, sort of cosmic education going on. <laughs> You're right. Voyeurism is a word. Yeah. Know, when I said there's a human fascination with it, I guess voyeurism is, is a big part of that. Sure. Right. You get an insight, particularly in the swindler, you get an insight into these girls falling in love with a guy and how this guy operates. And there is, yeah, there is a, an element of voyeurism there. Mm -hmm. Sadly, I guess. Yeah, sadly. I mean, this is this is obviously presented in so many different ways, right? You've got like the documentary, the straightforward documentary, and then you've got the docudrama, which might be half documentary with some dramatization elements. And then you've got straight up dramatizations where maybe there's like no access to the victims or to whoever the con man or woman is, or even to like third party sources. So in these genres, what do you, what do you prefer? Do you prefer like the straight up doc docudrama or like a blend of the two? I, what do you prefer? I mean, for for me, just give me a straight up documentary every time, unless it's a really faithful drama or it's done by an auteur who takes it somewhere interesting, uh, which to me is not Shondaland. <laughs> that goes the opposite of interesting as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I would rather watch the documentary, you know. Uh, it's exemplified by the fact that we, we, we talked about watching uh, Inventing Anna and I preferred instead to listen to the Tinder Swindler podcast. You know, I'd rather consume that than the other one. I think there is so much to be learned by these situations, by these cons, by these stories that I want to learn as much as possible. And it's a much more efficient way to watch a documentary than to, particularly these days when these series are never just a one episode, they're usually 10 episodes or whatever. So you can spend 10 hours watching something, which then you're going to spend another five hours researching everything because you don't know if they made it up or not. Or you can just listen to the podcast or, or read the article about Anna, you know, which is a great article and has it all in there. Read a couple more articles and you're done. I don't need the Shonda Sheen on the story. Ooh, you know? the Shonda Sheen. Shonda Sheen. 
Nice. You know, I don't expect, you know, I, I don't expect <laughs> Shondaland to give me insights, you know, just like unrealistic newsrooms, you know, excessively jaunty background music, unrealistically sassy characters. It's just eye-roll central for me. Uh, I, I, it brings nothing to the table for me, unfortunately. But I okay. get it that it does to some people. It's just not for me. I think if it's, you know, if it's done well, then I don't mind docudramas where there's a little bit of fact and a little bit of like dramatization, as long as it's not cheesy. Like as Jeff mentioned, when they do like the another 48 hours or like, what's the other one? 2020, when they try to do those like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, oh, those can be so awful too. No doubt. Those awful. can be awful too. Just, well, I no think doubt. it is like the dramatization of an event. So Jeff, what do you prefer? Uh, I prefer a straight up documentary, uh, too. The very first one of these true crime things that I ever watched was The Thin Blue Line, uh, Errol Morris's documentary in 1988. So, uh, I'm a big Errol Morris fan. Um, and he included, he was like one of the early directors to include dramatizations in his portrayal of this story. So I don't mind them, but... I don't know, I don't know. They get they could be cheesy, you know, they can be very yeah. sometimes you don't have enough footage or enough material yeah. to work with, so you need to resort to dramatizations. Some things like Exterminate All the Brutes, which was a, a great docu-series, but it, they did do little dramatized bits and it kinda works with it. But I think uh, I think the good documentary filmmakers can come up with ways to work with with it when there isn't much footage like uh, i'm dying to watch that that the oscar nominated animated documentary flea where there isn't much footage and the guy who's telling the story wants to keep his his id you know anonymous so they just do it in animation it's uh, there's interesting ways to get around it and good filmmakers find them yeah, yeah. and i think dramatizations are probably more much more sophisticated than they were in 1988 sure. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. So then were we what happy about you, Shindy? with... I had high hopes for Inventing Anna, but then I think as I began seeing previews for it, I sort of understood what, what we were going to be presented with. And it did feel mm. like Anna Delvey's story in the lens of how to get away with murder. And it, how to get away with murder is fiction, right? It's an excellent show from Shonda Rhimes. The first season is absolutely wonderful. And if you haven't seen it, then highly recommend it. Um, I mean, it is, it's so good. It's, it's, um, drama, suspense, excellent actors, um, inventing Anna, I feel like didn't really need all of the bells and whistles, right? The story is fascinating enough. You don't have to dress it up any further. So I found myself passporting through a lot of it. Wow. And and you can tell how dressed up it is. And I'm instantly suspicious of everything that's coming out. I was like, I I don't believe any of it. So then what are you watching? Does it need 10 hours of my time? Well, Inventing Anna resonated with me because, you know, as a New Yorker, you see the places that Anna was trying Mm -hmm. to transform into her social club, right? Like I walked by the Fotografiska building a lot. And so it's it's very real in that way. It's very tangible. You can relate to it. But... um, yeah, I, I didn't really need the whole reinterpretation and the whole like delving into her background and everything. It was just an overkill. So not just the length, but just just like where they took it. And obviously, you know, the whole theme of that show, not to go down this like rabbit hole with Inventiana, it's like the story is true, except all the things that are made up. They say that in the beginning. 
And it's like, eh, that already deters me from watching it because I only want to know the, the facts because it's, yeah. a tr- I mean, it's a real life person. So Bef- uh. before I even started the show, I already rolled my eyes five times. First, that Shondaland <laughs> shows up twice in the first two seconds. It's like Netflix, Shondaland. Shondaland <laughs> shows that thing, which I guess is supposed to be clever and funny. But I can, there's been at least five different series that do the same thing. This is all true. Oh, no, this is completely true, except for the things we made up. That's been in Vice, the movie. That's been in, in Fargo, I think, used something like that. It's just not, mm-hmm. it's not funny. It's not interesting. It's like, oh, it's so clever. Uh, yeah, I think it would have helped if the story was less well-known. But the fact that most people know it by now made, a, uh, made that less effective as a storytelling tool. Well, speaking of storytelling, I mean, were we happy with the way the tender swindler presented i thought it was done really effectively i you know they did a really great job of picking out interesting lanes there's so much to this character and his story goes so deep and so wide and they managed to put it all there in a couple of hours uh picked some very uh, interesting people as our as our as the centers of the story and it has like i said it has this slow romantic start and when the revelations start to come it, it, oh, there's a couple of little, I wouldn't say jaw droppers, but there's a couple of times you go, oh shit. And you're mm-hmm. kind of guessing where it's going and it's kind of fun to guess where it's going. And just the fact that this story, there's so much multimedia footage, all the WhatsApp messages, like this guy was so cocky to leave this trail. It's just perfect for a documentary. Uh, and as far as the technique, I think the filmmakers are talking about how they try to make, make the interviews kind of like first dates. You these girls are in a bar in an intimate setting their eye line is very close to the camera and that was really effective as well you feel like you're getting to know these girls as you would in a first date so that was a fairly clever way to do a documentary i thought and then when and when they bring uh, oh we're not spoiling yet and then etc I agree with you. I liked the way that it did feel very intimate and that they got a lot of FaceTime. I mean, you see these women um and it, you know, it helps you r- like rally for them, right? And mm-hmm. and speaking on the multimedia thing, yeah, it's it's hard to get away from in the world of social media the receipts. Everybody's got receipts, the di- digital receipts. So if you're going to be ballsy enough to send things across any digital platform these days, you might as well just. It's like email, you know, you, everything that you write these days, you, you got to write it knowing in mind that at some point it can be used against you in a court of law or it can u- be used against you in a public forum. So mm-hmm. it's just almost like you got to be so careful. But I did like how they mishmashed uh, all of the multimedia elements together. Uh, the storytelling I just thought was both intimate and also great journalism, just like you guys said. And it's funny because how Cecile talks about him in the beginning is so convincing. Like she's still into the idea of him, which to me is like a very important insight about how powerfully we project ourselves onto other people. With the Tinder swindler, he is now apparently charging, trying to charge for nightclub appearances. Uh, I saw that twenty thousand a pop. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, come on. He's not like Paris Hilton, right? It's like Paris, like I, Kim Kardashian, and Paris Hilton can charge for nightclub appearances, but I mean, <laughs> not Shimon Hayut. I'll use his real name. How I, much do you think people pay us for a nightclub appearance? 
know. Well, I, I get fifty, that. but nobody's ever hired me. <laughs> <laughs> That's your well, fee. Doesn't mean anybody's ever paid it. Yeah. Fifty bucks. As the heiress oh, to the Tai Kang Life Insurance Company, I demand one million dollars. But you know. Oh, that's what it is. He's demanding 20000 a pop, and then he's also saying that bottle service must be uh, included. included with that. <laughs> Ridiculous. What an idiot. I don't know. Yeah. I think we should bring in the spoiler so we can get into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Time so, to take the gloves so you guys, off. I mean, I think you answered the stream it, leave it question. Uh, yeah. Stream it or leave it, Matt. Stream it. Jeff, stream it or leave it. Stream it. Definitely stream it for me. So for those of you who have not seen Tinder Swindler, uh, we highly recommend that you do go watch it. And if you want to come back, get really granular, do our deep dive where we're going to talk about all of the wonderful things that we couldn't talk about before the spoiler alert, please do. We welcome you back because this is about to get super juicy. We're going to hash it out. <laughs> Hope that you guys enjoy it. So here's your official spoiler alert. And now we are going into the deep dive of Tinder Swindler. So on the topic of con men and women, I mean, how do they continue doing this? Like how much naivete or materialism in the world is there to blame? <laughs> and, you know, I'm just going to, I'll go first here. I think... People, unfortunately, in this day, yes, many people are naive, many people are gullible, but ultimately it's like people want so much to believe, whether it's, you know, they want to believe in love, they want to believe in in the ease, like the access mm -hmm. to money, to wealth. Um, ultimately, it's, it's like con men and women know how to spot and prey on people's basic animalistic wants, right? You want to feel loved. You want to feel taken care of and feel secure. And so that's why no surprise that they get taken advantage of. They, they get blindsided and have this like veil over their eyes. And, and that's just kind of what I think this is why people just continue. Obviously, there's stupidity as well. Is it naivete? Is it materialism? What's going on here? I mean, clearly he's a, a very expert con man. If you listen to the podcast, he's been at this for a while. He's had some little test runs. You know, he's more than a con man. He's a proper sociopath. But I think the age that we live in is perfect for him. You know, social media makes him particularly powerful. So it's a mixture of he's got a, a very well-developed technique and it's it's very clever. You know, you, you bamboozle them. You throw them off with massive gestures from the get-go and you do... You have lots of corroboration. You have people around you to show that you're an okay guy. You got drivers saying great things about you. You got your pilots saying great things about you. You got uh, another female saying great things about you, right? And then you give them the boyfriend experience. I think the term is to love bomb some, someone. And, and for some people that, you know, sweeps, you know, sweeps them off their feet. At the same time, he makes himself unavailable. He's always traveling. So there's that unavailability thing going on. And I think, and very cleverly, he does, and this is from the podcast, uh, they, they mentioned something called the rope. You know, he, he ropes him in by saying stuff like, I'm being very upfront. My life is very dangerous. I just want to open up. And people, one, they think, oh my God, this guy's being honest with me. Amazing. And, and then they feel like he's someone who kind of needs saving. And then they commit to saving the guy, right? So they say, oh, you know, I will stand by you. So that when shit starts to get real and he's asking for money. It's like, well, there's implicitly saying, well, you told me you would stand by me, you know? They become complicit in it. 
and, and that's also and that's also a test of the mark. You, you throw something at this at them, and I feel like the people who like drama attract drama. And you throw this at them, a lot of people go, "Oh, screw this, I'm out." But the people who go, "Oh, that's fine, that's fine, we can go through this together," that's a sign. That's a good mark. I think in one of the dates, and this may have been for the podcast, he tells a girl, "Yeah, you shouldn't dress like this. You maybe should lose a little bit of weight. Or, you know, you should wear this." And if the girl goes, "Okay, okay," then he knows he's got his mark. So he throws a few oh, big things early awful. on to weed out the people who are not going to come through. So he's got this very expert system, but at the same time. And this is where I don't want to be accused of victim blaming, but there is a complicity to it. If you live your life through social media and you judge people through their social media, you're setting yourself up for a con. You know, it makes me, it makes me sad. It, it's got to do with how lonely people are. It's got to do with how few good men are out there. That one guy that listens to you is instantly a hell of a catch. You know, you just got to pay attention, send a few texts, you know. And, and it's become so normal to show off on social media that it's not even a red flag for some people. And that's where it, that's where it drives me kind of crazy. It's like, if you're that rich, why do you show it off? Truly wealthy people make every effort to be um, sort of in the background and sort of underwhelming. They're quite discerning mm. and they don't want people to know that they're super wealthy. These, these people who are flashing their fake wealth is, it's just, it's very nouveau. It's very materialistic. It's that weird attention seeking thing. That's unfortunately the product of social media and materialism. So, you know, speaking to you, like uh, you mentioned something about where the guy's very upfront. I live a dangerous life I, I want the guy who's like up front i live a very dull life <laughs> <laughs> my life is dull be with me <laughs> like, I love i'm home boys. every night <laughs> i never go out the girls are sweet it's 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 incredible and remarkable that they put their lives on the line their faces to it it's a public service and it's in the end, I feel these are amazing people, mostly. But the naivete and the lack of sophistication is quite shocking, you know. If it you is. like you say, if you if you're truly wealthy, you don't show it. If you're truly in danger, you don't go around flaunting your te- on Instagram, telling people where you are and what you're doing. And this is one I wanted to ask you guys: is like, am I being harsh? If you are impressed by materialism, you kind of setting yourself up for a fall i know he listened i know he was attentive and perhaps he was good looking but don't tell me these girls weren't impressed by the jets and by the cars because that's what the guy is he wears the stuff he drives the stuff that's him don't tell me oh but he was great he just you know he just happened to 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 be rich no that's what he is well first of all i didn't think he was attractive at all totally not my type (laughs) Good. Not, Good to not hear that. <laughs> a, well, and then also, uh, yes, unfortunately, there are a lot of women who are very, very easily impressed. I am not one of them. I could give a shit less about, you know, being shown <laughs> flashy things. And I've never been easily impressed. But and I think it's very cheesy when when you see people attempting to, like, fake the funk, as they say. Or, or come across one way on social. It's like you don't have to present this side of yourself. So anyway, Jeff, you can weigh works. in here. What do you think? Well, yeah, it mean, works for stupid people. So were those women well, stupid? Yes, to a degree. But again, I think it's just because they really wanted to believe in something, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's stupidity as much as it is immaturity. Like there, there is that shiny object that sort of attracts the immature person. And mm-hmm. the hallmark, you know, disney romance, uh, 
you know, and they even showed clips of Disney movies in the beginning of this film, I think, as I recall. There was sort of yeah. this little montage of, of princesses, you know, That's and speaking right, Jeff, from... I forgot about this. Mm-hmm, Good speaking storytelling Speaking from personal tool. experience, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the whole Prince Charming, Knight in Shining Armor, Disney princess narrative is being really worked on all over the planet when which documentaries like these which are kind of newish you know there hasn't been a tinder swindler type of documentary that i can recall has there been kind of a dating thing like a dating scam one before this i mean there's a catfish thing is a, is a bit of a classic documentary well, catfish, i haven't yeah. actually seen it yeah. but it's, yeah, yeah. it's but the thing is the, the love rat con is like the oldest con in the book it's just being super powered by social media and i think yeah. people are complicit in it main thing like even disney though is being forced to address its <laughs> fantasy land value system i'm going to include a link to an article about encanto artists having to fight for one of the characters luisa who's a who's a super buff, muscled woman, and Disney didn't want to put her with muscles. And not only that, but when they did merchandising, they did it all based on this sort of conventionally beautiful other character, uh, Isabella, and not on Louisa. They didn't do as much merch Hmm. for Louisa, but all the kids want the Louisa merch. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. So they're having to like, you know, have some cognitive dissonance over this value system that they've been pumping out into the world. Around this, there is karma, you know, and we have expressions like karma is a bitch that give us this revengey fundamentalist kind of misunderstanding of karma. But Buddhist monk Pima Chodron says simply, the idea of karma is that you continually get the teaching that you need to open your heart. And I think that when you look at this thing from from a lens of love, both to the women and to the victimizers, he's running from something too. <laughs> oh, come on, Jeff. No way. I'm not giving any sort of compassion to him. Sorry. <laughs> Going back to though, you know, you guys saying the people who are not wealthy claim that they're wealthy and then the pe- you know, then they're like impressing people who are who are easily duped by them. Yeah. I, I think of the puppet master, Robert I think it's David Hendy, Robert, all those different names. He was saying he was an MI5 agent and people believed him. I mean, come (laughs) on. When you're a spy, you're going to tell people you're a spy. Of course you're not. But then people are like, ooh, he's a spy. Like, why would you believe? But then that's an easy way to to find your mark, right? Because you're very quickly going to see who walks away and who gets interested in the story. It's kind of a clever way of weeding through the the marks. You got to have a filter. That's, That's a very blatant one. If you guys haven't seen Puppet Master, it is dark, man. That is like Tinder Swindler, but it's sad, heavy. it's depressing, it's heavy, and it's dark. Like, it's mm. it's no way near the glamour and the fun and all of the stuff that Tinder Swindler is. So, anyway. And the movie Compliance. Have you seen the movie Compliance? I don't know what that is. What is that? Fascinating. It's it's a movie that I almost walked out of halfway through because I thought this is insane, this is ridiculous, I can't believe this, and then I thought, oh yeah, this can't possibly be true, and then I thought maybe it's true, so I kept watching, and then I went home and I was like, well, it was actually all true, and mm-hmm. it's about a essentially a guy who 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 calls a, a fast food shop pretending to be a cop and gets people to do insane things just by the power of suggestion and mm-hmm. manipulation. It's it's mind-blowing Terrifying. what happens. I won't even tell you what. It's definitely worth watching the subject of con men. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it is. It's nuts. But uh, anyway. Bad. It's that's dark. <laughs> Pretty bad. 
Yeah. Well, going back to Tinder Swindler, so <laughs> what were you guys' favorite or most shocking parts? What made this above average for you? Yeah, I think it was very brave of the women to sort of work together to chase him down because the, the fear set up initially is super convincing. All of that he's done is is set up a, a veneer of credibility, right? So as soon as you pierce through it, it's kind of amazing how much of a house of cards it was. You know, he's like, you got to sell your Gucci crap on eBay. You know, didn't you think to put some bail money away? <laughs> no, of course. He's he didn't think idiot. he was going to get caught. Matt, what about you? <laughs> Yeah, I think that the third act, the comeuppance, is, is one of the things that really took it above the other ones. It's not just here. It's a few people telling how they got conned. You kind of become a part of the ride. Uh, and, and for me, just the way the pyramid scheme kind of became apparent, we go, oh, he's using one to fund the other to fund the other. I thought that was, that was different from your usual kind of straightforward con man, just to the sheer like scale of what this guy was doing. I actually enjoyed the, the the bit with the Norwegian reporters. I thought they were great. They were very, very dogged, quite determined Scandinavian reporters, you know, and they did really good work. You know, I've I've worked in stories like this where you're placing photographers in place to get someone coming out and getting get that killer footage and following people and it's and they really they did a really great job. That was that was a fun little dimension to it for me. Totally agree with you. When they went to his house in Israel. That scene was so unexpected. And I was like on the edge of my seat. I was thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to go to his house. And, and I can't believe they, they bumped into the family, which, and you think the family's complicit, but they weren't. They had, you know, clearly disowned him uh, years ago. Well, didn't want well, well. To do with yeah. Matt, well, the insights. Father. <laughs> so the so the the third episode of the very good podcast on Netflix, I think it's called You Couldn't Make It Up. They did the producer did three episodes in Tinder Swindler. The third app they go into something that's out there if you research, but the, his father is a rabbi. There's this impression that they have nothing to do with it, but they go through a guy who his father attempted to con uh, mm -hmm. using a very Simon esque method of I'm sending you money. Uh, just send me your checks. Oh, but it's on its way. This has got to do with diamonds. But we don't know whether, you know, the impression is that the dad was probably manipulated by him because you don't expect, you know, a, a rabbi to be, be going around doing this. But at one point, he walks into the room with his son while his son is pretending to be the son of the diamond billionaire and he does nothing about it. So it does seems to be some kind of complicity there. So the case is out there, you can research, but it's, uh, it's pretty shocking what they try to pull. Super One rabbi trying to, to con another, another rabbi. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awful. I think the only other thing that, you know, favorite part for me was, I loved the last one. Eileen, the last lady who I guess was the most involved with him and lent <laughs> him the most amount of money. I just yeah. loved, you know, I, I felt joy with her. Like the way she took so much pleasure in selling his things and when <laughs> she was speaking to the interviewer and laughing uh, at his misfortune. I, I just loved her. And she was, I'm glad that she decided to flip the script and sell his things and take advantage of him. And how terrifying were his voicemails? And, go, you know, Matt, I think you mentioned yeah, before, he's a sociopath. Exactly. And I, and unfortunately, um, I've had that experience, and I'm sure many women mm. have too, where you're trying to deal with somebody who clearly won't leave you alone. They leave you voicemails, and they range on this like strange emotional scope, like calm, angry, uh, vengeful. They're like different personalities of people, and that was 
actually quite terrifying to hear him almost going after her, but he was yeah. powerless, right? All he had was his phone and those voicemails were scary for me. So I don't know. If I think it's a mixture of his tactic, which is to impose fear, right? That's how he keeps intimidation. the things quiet. Intimidation. Uh. But at the same time, it took it went to another level because someone like that thrives off manipulating people when he realizes he can no longer manipulate this person then there's an extra level of frustration he just and he lost it his, his facade slipped he went off into another level because he realized you know he's so normally so confident that he can get people in the palm of their hands these people they enjoy the power they have over people and they are very confident on their own abilities so when somebody actually gets away from it they think they can bring it back in, and when they can't, they get extra frustrated, and that's what happened there. It, you're right, they were crazy. Yeah, that's that kind of like narcissistic need to have control over the situation stems from like a like an insecurity where they have to make others feel bad or try to whittle them down to lift themselves up. It's it's awful. So. Did you guys have any hangups on Twinder, Tinder Swindler? Was there anything that you... I keep doing that too. I keep wanting to call it Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Tilda Swinton, the Tinder Swindler. Dude, say that like five times fast. Can't, I can't. do it. I, I, no, I thought it was really I didn't good. have any hangups. Did you guys... I just, I, I just thought it could have been actually they could have done a second episode or something. But the podcast is a perfect way to to place all this extra information, and uh, I really enjoy the podcast. Like I said, let it shocking. be known on this day, on <laughs> on this podcast episode, that Matt wanted something to be longer. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking on our favorite boy, Shimon Hayut, um, he's he's not <laughs> Simon Leviev. I mean, come on, should he be in jail right now? Like. There's, you know, mixed ideas on this. Like, is did they have enough in terms of fraud to put him in jail? Is Should he be in jail? If he had contained his activity to the U.S., he would be in jail for a lot longer. I think the, the international nature and all the traveling around probably gave him a little bit more of a pass than he would if he just confined himself to one country. True. Yeah. But, I, I, what they got him on was, you know, fake passports, fake documents, and that's that's correct. But I, I kind of don't understand a little bit here the, the, the shock in, about this. I mean, these people gave their money willingly. Love rats have been along for a long time. People get convinced to do all sorts of things for love or in relationships. I'm sure we've all bought things or paid for things that in hindsight it would, that person wasn't worth it maybe they weren't particularly completely truthful with us were you going to put them in jail for that it's you know you you willingly gave your money and that's a part of the cleverness of his thing he makes people complicit he's not signing for the loans he's not signing for the credit cards and I think uh, there was one expert saying that it's really hard to prosecute him for those things without prosecuting the girls because the girls were literally part of the fraud so you're going to put these girls in jail you're not going to do that I think the solution is, and it's a it's a modern day it's a social media era solution for a social media era con man is name and shame, and this has been unbelievably successful in naming and shaming him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I true. don't I don't Good find that the, that the diamond industry is particularly like the paragon of morality either. Anyway, so <laughs> I love right. that phrase. By the way, love rat. <laughs> That's good. Like I just, I just think that's yeah. a hilarious phrase. Love rat. Oh, anyway, I to see it. The like oldest Nicole. game. Do, do you think that this is going to inspire a? Um, I don't want to call it a generation. Hopefully, it's not a, but a wave <laughs> of copycats. 
guys, it's a lot of work. I think I think people always copy. People always copy some things. But it's but you're right. But I hope that people just just see that you end up getting hurt but but at the same time in in this kind of celebrity age that we live in you know they'll see the the infamy that he's having and even that is seen as a great thing for some people right <laughs> well there's no shortage of narcissists in the world and i agree with you like they'll strike again and more aggressively to see what they can get away with unfortunately it's it's sort of along this road of abusive men and women right they leave one relationship they go to another sort of push things and see how much they can get away with and they become more emotionally abusive then they become physically abusive and then they might steal they might like be manipulated so it it's an awful thing that happens to the victims but unfortunately anything that you give attention to i think it's gonna prompt others to try the same things it always sort of happens yeah i mean it's impossible to build your happiness on the unhappiness of others, period. So there's always going to be somebody who tries and fails and tries and fails. And, you know, they'll inspire somebody else or teach their son how to do it or whatever. Got to um, learn it from somewhere, right? Got to learn it from somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's truly interesting. It's like, where do these people get this stuff? Well, that's an interesting yeah. part of inventing Anna is that they tried to go to the defense and that her family was completely normal. So it's like, how did she get these ideas to just manipulate people and think that she was bigger than life? Like she just had a Mm -hmm. strange motive from like the time that she was young, or at least that's what the Shonda Sheen puts on it. (laughs) So I don't know how much of that was actually believable if that was truly what happened. So I don't know. There's got to be an element of mental health issues here because I think Jeff was saying it's, it's so much work. I was watching that and thinking, oh my God, the anxiety that would be to be running this, to spending your whole time doing this. But I, I, I think I mentioned that I've, I've dealt with someone like that before and people like that, they don't engage in a single conversation that does not have a deceptive part in it. They're always mm-hmm. playing a role. And it, there is mental health involved. I can't believe that, it's, that, that there's nothing there for you to be spending all this time doing this. And like you are saying, you could just use that cleverness to get a job or... I don't know how much of it is this obsession with the celebrity life that, that people have as well, that he's going to spend, you take all that money rather than put it away, spend it all on jet, on jets and more jets and more Gucci tops. Yeah. The outside's just a projection. Um, anytime you see somebody that's that exceptionally busy, even if they're in a legitimate uh, sort of situation, they're usually running from something on, you know, some trauma on the inside that they're just not addressing. True, true. No, no, I'm just busy, though. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys, well, I sort of shut you down earlier when, you know, you're trying to give some sort of compassion to to (laughs) Shimon, but do you guys feel like it was an accurate or fair portrayal to him? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Let's see what he comes up with. Hopefully he'll just go away. The, The interest will die down, hopefully. It won't. I don't think it will. I think this is, maybe the next thing will come along, maybe the next Tiger King or whatever will come along, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Anna's getting all sorts of deals, right? This guy is getting apparently getting offered some deals. I don't believe that he would get them, but these days I don't doubt anything. But I have no doubt that, you know, he's he's had a primetime interview or one of these shows, right? He's had a couple of interviews on TV. So people are giving him the airtime. But I think, yeah, hopefully it will die down. But uh, I, uh, these days, I, I don't know. Anything could happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, 
I think it was pretty fair. I, th I don't believe a word of what he says. I hope that people will stop giving him attention. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I understand he's trying to capitalize on his lame 15 minutes right now. So hopefully <laughs> he'll just disappear into the ether and go away. But I know it won't. And I'm sure that something <clears throat> is going to happen out of all of this where we'll... This isn't the last time we've heard of from Shimon Hayut. <laughs> so <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um so I think that's our show. Thank you to our audience for listening. Be careful out there. If you've got someone you love and trust, then hold on to them tight because the dating world is a total dumpster fire of narcissists and con men and women. So just be careful. And with that, I'll let Jeff close out the show. Well, that's our wrap of Tendler... Tid <laughs> <laughs> Tilda Swinton, Tinder, Tilda Tinder Swindler. Tinder Swinter. <laughs> swindler is coming. Yes, Tinder, sw sw Tinder Swindler. And as always, if you want to see more and hear more, then please subscribe to the show and add a glowing review. It really helps us out. Our channels are in show notes, but you can also find us on social media at Stream It, Leave It on Instagram and TikTok and at stream underscore leave on twitter our full show notes are also in our Substack newsletter if you subscribe there then you'll get an email each time we publish a new show and we're coming soon to youtube thanks so much all we'll Thank see you, you soon bye guys Love see you, you soon that's our show are you not entertained what did you think pretty Why? pretty good don't forget to subscribe and find like and follow us on social and on youtube we don't have faces for radio promise you can't handle the truth you can also find our show notes on substack at stream it or leave it see you next time and thanks for tuning in